Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time for Sorallo Sports Talk with Joe Sorallo. And I can't wait. We're back. I know it's been a couple weeks. I've been out in LA on the left coast filming. Not too much on that can be divulged just yet. But that is why I haven't been on the air in a couple weeks with all of you. I've been working on a project for television out in Los Angeles. I'm back. And the only thing in Los Angeles that has my attention right now is those damn LA Lakers without Anthony Davis. We'll get to that. We'll get to... This potentially being the year that a Milwaukee, a Utah, a Phoenix could even take home the crown when things are said and done in the NBA. We're going to get to a little Jacob DeGrominance. Again, I mean, this guy is a human video game. We're running out of superlatives to describe him over here. We're going to get to the Yankees, the Crosstown Rivals, the not-so-Bronx Bombers, and of course... A collab this episode, my guys, Max Winalski, Shreya Srikanth from the Amateur Hour podcast. They're all set to join the show. I hopped on Amateur Hour with them about two months ago. It's an incredible show, also available, Apple Pods, Spotify, wherever you get it. These are two guys who know what the hell they're doing. They're a lot of fun, and I can't wait to have them on. But let's dive in to those LA Lakers. LeBron James and the Lakers, Game 5 with Devin Booker. Chris Paul, and the Phoenix Suns tonight. By the time you're hearing this, of course, the game will have already happened, and the Suns will be up 3-2. The Phoenix Suns are right now playing better basketball, going back to last year's bubble than any team in the NBA. This is not a fluke season. This 51-21 season did not come out of thin air. Right? Don't forget, this is a team, and I mentioned it on my last show a couple weeks ago, that great show I had Speedy Claxton on, of course. This is a team that last year in the bubble went 8-0, and and yet yet they still missed the playoffs. And that's one of the biggest crimes, one of the biggest travesties in in recent modern NBA history, a team closing out the year 8-0 in a situation where that's supposed to give them a shot at the playoffs, and it didn't work out that way. Well, the Suns are making the most of their appearance this year. It's a great series. Yes, it's tied 2-2 at the moment. But without Anthony Davis, can LeBron James, who I will never dispute, is the greatest basketball player of all time, can he take this Lakers team past Devin Booker, past Chris Paul, past DeAndre Ayton? I don't think so. And I know I'm probably going to end up eating my words. There's a really realistic chance that happens because LeBron James is the best basketball player of all time. And we can argue that until the cows come home. You're not changing my mind in that matter. But this Lakers team around him, this is not as good as last year's team. The names are there, but the talent's not. Andre Drummond, he's a dog. He's a great old school big guy, which I admire and love. I mean, I'm a big Rudy Gobert guy. But Andre Drummond, you know, what's he going to do offensively? He's a liability. You've got Marcus Gasol coming off the bench who is kind of the opposite of Andre Drummond. Marcus Gasol still has the finesse on offense, but defensively, anyone's blowing past him, you and me included. Uh, I mean, 
Montrez Harrell. To me, this is the guy who has been the most disappointing L.A. Laker all season. Montrez Harrell stays in L.A., stays at the Staples Center, hops ship, jumps from the Clippers to the Lakers, and loses his edge. I mean, is this a guy who had to play on the second team in the city in order to have his edge, in order to play up? Is this a guy who can't handle being in the spotlight, who can't handle being in the most watched team in Los Angeles, the most watched team in the NBA? Because that's what Montrez Harrell has played like, not just in this series, but all season. I mean, this is a guy, yeah, this is a sixth man of the year we're talking about, who only logged five minutes off the bench in game four. He is not trustworthy right now on the court in a big moment. And if you had told me last year, you know, like, all right, Anthony Davis might battle some injuries, but the Lakers are going to have Montrez Harrell to come off the bench and fill his shoes for the time being, I'd be like, wow, that's a stacked team. Harrell hasn't done squat. You know, uh, Kuzma, he's going to obviously, I'd imagine, be the guy filling in now, starting for Anthony Davis. And I think he's legit. I think Kuzma's the real deal. He doesn't bring the two-way presence that Anthony Davis brings. I mean, if Phoenix, especially now that they're going home for this game five, if by the time you hear this show, Phoenix is not up three to two, I'll be shocked. Because LeBron James doesn't have the supporting cast. He should. He's in LA. They've got the fame. They've got Magic Johnson. They've got the money. They're pulling Anthony Davis in. Yet, this Lakers team? I mean, this is comparable to some of the Cleveland Cavaliers teams that LeBron put on his back. And I'm not talking Kevin Love Kyrie Cavaliers. I'm talking LeBron's first go-around in Cleveland. Once you get rid of Anthony Davis, this team is lacking, and they are lacking heavily. There's a reason that they could not get by when they didn't have LeBron and AD out there at the same time. There's a reason that they were in the playing game because this Lakers team was assembled terribly after their top two guys. I said it last episode a couple weeks ago. You know, I called LeBron out for the first time in LeBron's career. I had a major disagreement with him and that was his beef with the play-in. And I said, the play-in is amazing for the NBA. LeBron didn't hate the play-in because of the concept. He hated the play-in because he was a part of it. And I had a big issue with that. Because at that point, his beef is not with the NBA, it's with his own front office. And that's who it should be with. Because his own front office, the LA Lakers, when they assembled this team a year off a championship, they said, we've got LeBron, we've got Anthony Davis, two Hall of Famers, and we've got nothing after that. But that'll be okay. That's okay. And it's not okay. And you're seeing that right now. Because Phoenix has a future Hall of Famer in Chris Paul. Phoenix has the most dominant scorer in this series in Devin Booker. Phoenix has a big guy in DeAndre Ayton who is a bully in every positive sense of that word in terms of basketball. I mean, DeAndre Ayton is not as injury prone as Anthony Davis because he has legs. Anthony Davis, I was just having this conversation with someone a few days ago before the injury. Every time he goes up and comes down, I brace myself watching Anthony Davis. Because he is just a walking knee injury waiting to happen. A walking lower body injury. And so DeAndre Ayton in the post, if he can bully Anthony Davis, he can bully Andre Drummond. He can bully Marc Gasol. He can bully Kuz. I mean, DeAndre Ayton is dominating the series right now. You know, the Suns don't have as many guys coming off the bench, but the guys that they utilize make an impact. And that's where they differ from the Lakers. That's why, frankly, the Phoenix Suns, despite not having the best player on the court, 
That's why they're the better team in this series. And I would be shocked if they don't go up 3-2, if they don't ultimately win this series. But look, this could be the year for Phoenix. This could be the year for Utah. Can we take a second and talk about the Utah Jazz, the top two seeds in the Western Conference? And this is why I've been more invested in basketball this year than I have in years past. The top two seeds in the Western Conference are the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns. It's not the Lakers. It's not the Clippers. It's not the Spurs. It's not the Rockets. And I love every minute of it. I love the parody. I I mean, feed this to me every year. We need more of this. Give me Donovan Mitchell holding up the Larry O'Brien trophy when things are all said and done. Donovan Mitchell, not only the most likable guy in the world, but the most impactful player maybe in the league. I mean, you see this Utah Jazz team. Look, they've got Gobert, who I mentioned. Not a whole lot on offense, but defensive player of the year almost every year. They've got Mike Conley, who has quietly put together a Hall of Fame career on some tough Grizzlies teams, some other not great teams that he has been a star for. The Jazz, it's not like it's a one-man show, but when Donovan Mitchell's on the court, this is a championship contender as opposed to a team that, frankly, I don't know if they didn't have Donovan Mitchell if they could beat Memphis. You saw it game one, and I'm not just, I'm not going to let game one say that Memphis could totally beat them in a seven-game series if they didn't have Mitchell, but it would certainly be a possibility, and Memphis would have the best player on the floor in John Morant if Donovan Mitchell wasn't playing, but this is a guy who, I mean, he is the walking definition of a bucket. This is a guy who is also, by the way, a very underrated two-way player. There's more Jimmy Butler in Donovan Mitchell's game than people care to admit, and oh, by the way, he's a better scorer than Jimmy Butler. I mean, this Utah team, this team is the real deal. This team could make some noise. I think a Utah-Milwaukee finals would be exceptional. I think those two teams match up better than a Phoenix-Milwaukee. Phoenix is a different style. You know, Booker obviously is the sweet scorer and Chris Paul is the Hall of Fame facilitator. But you put Giannis, Mitchell, their supporting casts up against each other? My God, to me, that's the basketball I want to see. Enough of the Lakers heat. Enough of the Celtics making a run. Enough of, I don't want Brooklyn. I don't want to see Kevin Durant and James Harden anymore. Kyrie Irving, get out of here. I don't want that. I want Giannis. I want Donovan Mitchell. I want the teams that have had their fan bases suffer for years to go out there and duke it out for an NBA title. And I think if it's ever going to happen, this is the year it happens. I mean, Milwaukee, my only concern with them, and it's a legitimate concern, are they going to be too rested for the second round? Are they going to be so rested that they come out flat against Brooklyn? That, to me, is a legitimate concern. You've seen teams, they breeze through what people think will be a worthy opponent, in this case, the Miami Heat. They sweep them 4-0, they're the first team done, then the second round comes around, and damn, they've been on the golf course too much, they forgot how to play ball, they forgot what they were doing with a week off, they hadn't hit the gym in the past week, I mean, this is all legitimate, but I don't know, Giannis, this is a guy who's been bounced early in recent years, this is a guy who now people are starting to say, does he stay in Milwaukee, does he ring chase elsewhere, Giannis, if anyone can take down the big three in Brooklyn in that Eastern Conference, It sure as hell ain't Philly. It's Giannis, the Greek freak, and the Milwaukee Bucks. I'll see. I can't wait. I personally don't want to discount one other team. And it's a team that has the same mold as Phoenix, the same mold as Utah, as Milwaukee. I love these Portland Trailblazers. And it's another team tied 2-2 with a game five tonight. And I'll tell you this, tomorrow morning when you wake up, or rather by the time you listen to this show, 
It'll be the Suns up 3-2. It'll be Dame Dalla and the Trailblazers up 3-2 because Dame Lillard, much like Giannis, does not need a ring chase. Dame Lillard, like Donovan Mitchell, like Devin Booker and Chris Paul, like Giannis Attentacupo, Dame Lillard can win a ring wherever he is. And the Trailblazers have a sneaky good supporting cast. They're deeper than Phoenix. Their supporting cast may be more talented than Utah. They're sneaky. And Dame Lillard is just as good as any player in the league. Best passer, best scorer on the court almost every single night. I mean, if that doesn't speak for itself, this is a Trailblazer team that can make that jump too. I think this is the year we're going to see it. The year that a Portland, a Utah, a Phoenix, a Milwaukee takes down a Brooklyn, takes down an LA. And well, I'm not even going to talk about my Knicks. I'm sure I'll do that with the Amateur Hour boys. Shreya Shrikanth, Max Wolnowski, all set to join the show. Stick with me, Joe Sorallo, right here on Sorallo Sports Talk. Don't even think about leaving. You're locked into the best sports talk out there. Here's Joe. We're back here on Sorallo Sports Talk and joining the show. As promised for this week's special collab episode, it's the Amateur Hour Boys, my guys, Max Minolsky, Shreya Srikanth. Fellas, it's been too long. What's up? Yes, sir. How are you, Joe? Thanks, Thanks for having us, Joe. Oh, absolutely. I'm excited. It was what, like two months ago on uh, on Easter, the day of the Lord that I joined your show? The day yeah. of our Lord. Blessed God presented me. you to us. Yeah. <laughs> God's presented me to a lot of people in the past <laughs> week. All right. <laughs> yeah, Joe, you've been living this past week, sir. Um. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, worse things have happened. Worse things have happened than a week in L.A. on set. Dang. On set recording. What did you say? You said you were recording for 19 hours a day. <laughs> day one of this uh, this show, this, I'll say, reality television show. That's, that's I think the NDA allows me to say that. Mm. Um, day one was a 19-hour workday. Wow. Day two crazy. was 10. Day three was 16. But... For the for some of our co-stars, um, our older co-stars especially, they had to work 19 hours day three. But they had a seven-hour day day one, so I told them, you know, how easy they had it. Like they were just paying their dues. <laughs> At this point, they were just paying their dues. Yeah, it was a wild week. It was that was my first exposure to the LA side of uh, of showbiz. Obviously, you know, uh, I'm a sports guy. I've done a ton of this. ESPN, Super Bowls, Radio Row, you name it, I've done Super, it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was my first dive into into Hollywood, and Hollywood's a bitch. Did you love it? I loved it because I'm a bitch. Yeah, so <laughs> I fit right in. <laughs> it was a blast. It was a blast. But what I need you boys to do is fill me in because I didn't get to watch much NBA playoffs while I was there. Oh, sir. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were just I'll just say we talked. So we talked yesterday on our show, me and Shreyas, and we we talked about a couple of things. One, Shreyas is undecidedly unim- or decidedly unimpressed with the first round of NBA playoffs. Yeah, man. Really? Between Yeah, just I think if, I think as a, I think as a general statement, like I don't know if I was going to generalize the whole first round, I there's not enough storyline, there's not enough kick to it for me that I'm like, dang, like this is actually a good product. 
and I was there's there there are good products not to not to like you know bash the whole thing like I love the Trey Trey Young storyline and I love the yeah fuck that I love the like <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna get a shout out from us this week too. Joe, you're, Joe, your um, Knicks are uh, your Knicks yeah, are uh, looking rough. Knicks look almost as bad as your Celtics tired. right now. Hey, listen, we took we one knew, game. We knew that coming in. We knew that coming in. We took one game, and that is more than we could ask for. Like, like realistically, we knew that going up against James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. Our odds were literally grim. Like going into this series, I think we had a 12% chance to win. After game one, it went down to five. After game three or game two, it went down to like 2%. So yeah, that makes we, sense. We understood. Like you I, like winning series like I like my milk, 2%. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys think about Kyrie? Like, you know, stomping on the logo. Man. I'm sorry, logos don't have feelings. Like, yeah, I don't okay. care. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I liked what, um, I liked what, Perk said on ESPN where he was like, I think he said like, cause, uh, cause I think KG came out and was like, you know, who stomped on Lucky? Like we, we ain't about that. And then I think big baby also came out against it. Big baby. But with, with Perk, <laughs> Perk was like, Perk was like, I, I don't care, dude. It's all like, you know, if the fans can boo him, then he can, he can celebrate the way he wants. And honestly, yeah. Like I don't, I don't, I'm indifferent about the logo anyway. Like it's logo is a logo. Yeah. Like I, I think that his I think that what he was saying, like to be honest, like his message behind everything was really, really important. The only thing that I'm a sort of a little conflicted about is how he brought it up and sort of like when he brought it up. Because you know that if he wasn't playing the Celtics in the first round, I'm willing to bet that a lot of these themes that he was talking about weren't going to be present. But because of the beef and the history with the fans and with the franchise, he felt I'm sure frustrated and he felt angry and salty at us. So that's why he brought things up in the way that he did. The logo, like Trey has said, it, it doesn't matter. It's it's just like a gesture. I mean, you have a fan who threw a water bottle at the guy's head. So clearly there's some yeah. tension between. It's so much animosity. Yeah, someone it's needs crazy. to remind uh, Cole over there that there are laws when you're drinking claws. I mean, that kid was like, geez. First time yeah. partying at BU? Like, come on, yeah. dude, give me a break. I had three seltzes and I'm almost on the floor. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Get me a mango claw. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one though that's a good one. Oh, that's one of my favorites i like, the, I like, I like, I like the mango on that. that's one of my I like favorites the, i like you're asking indian if he loves the mango, I love the mango. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god look you yeah, know we all know <clears throat> Kyrie's a loose cannon like there's yeah, no way yeah. around that i mean i am not a Kyrie irving fan i can't stand him but oh, as, as a as a person no as a yeah. player i have to respect his game yeah oh, He's no, ridiculous, I mean, yeah. look he is like the best ball handler in the league. I mean, I, I, I'm I'd, not, say, I'd, say, I'd give that to him. Yeah, I think it's I, 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 I argue, agree with that. You know, like Dame's handles are sick. Russ is like, you know, like he just popped like 40 Adderalls with how fast he dribbles the ball and everything. But like, <laughs> yeah. at, at the end of the day, I think Kyrie is the best ball handler in the league. I, yeah. I mean, he's incredible. It's just, you know, the guy thinks the earth is flat. He's fucking nuts. Yeah, the dude is saging before games to ward <laughs> off the bad, like the bad chakras or something, you know? It's, yeah, and it, he yeah. is the bad voodoo usually in those locker rooms. <laughs> Uh-huh. So he, he's definitely out there, but you're seeing like all these fans right now. You've got Trey Young getting spit on at MSG. You've mm-hmm. got Russ getting popcorn thrown on him at Philly. I, I mm-hmm. mean, first off, quickly got a beard thrown on him. He said, "Emmanuel quickly game two. Yeah, you didn't see that. He said he got a he got a beard. Wait, he said game, game two at the Garden. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, what's with the Atlantic Division fans being asked? That's what he said. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what he said, yeah. It's Philly, it's New York, it's Boston. Like, uh, What do you guys think is up with this? Uh, it just goes know. back It goes back to what, like, this is, this is where I can really agree with, like, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving when they said, like, we're not in a fucking zoo. Like, we are, we are playing professional basketball, but you guys are actually treating us like something less than a person. Like, if you feel so entitled as a fan, where you feel like your opinion and your frustration with a team that you have nothing to do with, if you feel that justifies your actions to, you know, borderline assault or make like these like rude gestures towards another person, that's ridiculous in my book. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. Like I get, I get we've, and I think Kevin Durant said this too. I get we've been in the pandemic for over a year, but like these people act like they've never been outside before, before that. Like, have you, have you not been to a sporting event before the pandemic? Like, you know how to, like, you know how to act. And I think I heard someone uh, inside the NBA where Shaq was like, you know, when Chuck and I were playing, like, this happened and, you know, it's, it's going to continue to happen. But, like, we just got to move on from them because there's no, there's no way you can, like, isolate all the idiots in the world. Because if you could, we'd be such, we'd be such a harmonious world. <laughs> Yeah, there's, no, I too, mean, there's too many idiots. I, hey, look, if you could isolate all the idiots in the world, you know, we would have had a different president the past four years. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I would probably be, I probably would not be on this show. I'd probably be with them. So fellas. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. You and me both. Um, but at the end of the day, I just, I, I look at all this crap going on and it doesn't happen as much in other sports. I mean, every now and then mm. you'll get, you know, like it happened to Adam Jones when he, when the Orioles went to Fenway. Um, all right. You know, I mean, he had insults hurled at him, and I think he had, like, peanuts or crap thrown at him. But you, you look at this. The fan that threw popcorn at Russ, the fan throwing the water bottle at Kyrie, uh, the guy who spit on Trey Young, it, it's all white dudes doing yeah. this to black athletes. And it's almost as like, you know, obviously sports are entertainment, but it's almost as like these guys are looking down on them as if their existence is strictly for our entertainment. And to me... It's just fucked up watching this and it's happening. I mean, what, what have there been four isolated instances so far in the first round of the postseason alone? Yeah. Like, yeah. like there's, some, yeah. there's some serious issues here. Right. And then and the other thing too, is that it, it's for you to be that dense and that obtuse, you're also just ruining it for a lot of other people, right? Cause there are so many people in this world who respect the hell out of all of these athletes, out of the NBA as a whole, out of all the hard work that these people put in, like, like, you know, that's why you look up to these guys. That's why they're inspiration for so many kids, so many like young adults. And then to have somebody just come in and, and yeah, treat somebody like, like less than a person or just with such disrespect, that's, that's literally unreal. And it's just bad for everybody. Yeah. yeah I don't, I don't understand also like you have, obviously you're disrespecting the others, in the, but like have some self-respect too. Like you paid the money to go there as well as everyone else, <laughs> but you are also going to ruin your own opportunity. Like, I don't know. That seems like a life issue too. Like you're just going to keep getting in your own way. Yeah. yeah I, don't I, know. I mean, honestly, how, like you said, Max, how dense do you have to be to risk never being able to go to a game at that venue again? Like, yeah. you know, if Cole, you know, the freshman at BU whose grades couldn't get him in, but mommy's mommy and daddy's money got him in, obviously. Like <laughs> if Cole loves the Celtics, well, he's shit out of luck. He ain't going back to TD. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. and if you, just, if you yeah. love the sport, res- respect the sport and respect the players that play the game. Absolutely. If you actually loved basketball, like you, you would respect everybody. 
You yeah, might I not mean, like I, him, but respect him. Yeah, I don't like Kyrie, and I'm really starting to not like Trey Young, but I respect <laughs> the hell out of what they do on the court. I'm really starting to not like Trey Young. Yeah, Joe, how do you feel about that? Like, how do you feel about your I have a therapy. Right I have a therapy appointment at 4 o'clock today to, to discuss that. <laughs> the description just said, we're talking Knicks. Yeah, yeah. He was like, hey, what do you need? I was like, Knicks tape. <laughs> Knicks tape. No, like, I'm just like, look, I love Jules. Like, ever since I, I put Jules Randall in my, like, most recent caption on Instagram, like, that I might have jinxed him. That might have been the Jules jinx. We were, ta- we were talking about this, Max and I, that this may be the curse of Thibodeau because he's known for, you know, running people out of gas before the playoffs because he just plays everyone so much. And now yeah. I think Jules has run out of gas. So I was at, by the way, I went to my first Knicks game in 11 years. Wow. Uh, a couple of weeks. That's crazy. I was at their mm-hmm. final game of the regular season. My buddy had season tickets, um, took me, we were sitting courtside, like five rows up from Celebrity Row. It was insane. Wow. Um, nice. Yeah, it was wild. So it was Nick Celtics last game of the regular season, by the way, shout out Madison square garden, like fuck Jim Dolan, but they do fan appreciation day the right way. Last game of the regular season, all merchandise, all food, everything, but alcohol 50% off. No way. No shot. I got an RJ Barrett Jersey that was already on sale. Cause it was last year's Jersey. So it was yeah. already down to 50 bucks. I got it for 25 bucks. No way. Yeah, and then I got a prime rib sandwich for 10, which is normally Oh, 20. that's even better. And dude. that was better. Wow. <laughs> that au jus, I'm having dreams, like wet dreams about that au jus sauce. Like, oh my God. Salivated, like caramelized <laughs> onions pouring out of my mouth. GD Garden would <laughs> never. GD Garden would never. Oh, yeah, they wouldn't do that. I've seen like, oh, it's fan appreciation day. Like you'll get a shirt when you walk in type deal, which mm. we also got a shirt when we walked in. But yeah, everything 50% off. It was insane that's huge i would have so many more jerseys just in my rooms and on my walls if they weren't 110 dollars a piece so get this i just got two jerseys for 50 bucks while i was in la um one of my uh fellow cast members fellow co-stars that i'm gonna use that word one of my fucking co-stars took me to a flea market to go thrifting first time i had ever been thrifting by the way really changing experience and I got a retro number eight Kobe jersey. Oh, we like that. For 40 bucks. Wow. And as a throw in, I got a retro Eddie George Titans jersey for 10. Oh, hey, wait. Wait, wait. Hold up. (laughs) Wait, Max, is Shreya about to pull out an Eddie George jersey? Shreyas has an impressive collection. I'm not going to lie. Look at, oh, there it is. (laughs) Oh, that's dope. Turn it around. All right, turn it around. That's dope. Okay. You get the, the McNary. Maybe we can match. The legend. <laughs> so so what Shrey is saying is for Halloween, he wants to do a couples thing and uh, go as McNair and Eddie George. Go as, go as some Titans player. There we go. <laughs> the most esoteric couple. <laughs> Let's run it. Hey, you know what? The only thing more diverse than my cast this week would be you and me being together. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, have I been canceled yet? Anyone uh, probably. I just got the call, Joe. I just got the call. When, when's over. my cancellation date? My, my birthday is in three weeks. Will I make it to my twenty third birthday without being canceled? Uh, no, it's actually the day before. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. You know, if my mom just had me on time, that was my due date. That bitch really. <laughs> Look, boys. There's a lot of other stuff going on besides the NBA. I am in the process of moving to New York City, and to follow up and come full circle 
from the last time we spoke, mm. I am realizing that furniture is fucking expensive. It's no joke. It's that's where they get you. Like you're like, oh, I got a good deal on rent. Oh, I'm excited to move. Oh, I take care, like took care of my budget, everything else. You don't factor in furniture. You don't. Mm. And we got three people right now and two beds. I mean, beds are fucking expensive. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, dude, a good mattress. But that that to me is one of the most worthwhile investments you can get because you sleep every single night. Well, so you we're buy- looking at not a full lease, but a, a two month sublet in the city. And oh. right now, that third person might be uh might be hitting an air mattress the way things are looking. A good air mattress. A, a, good, <laughs> a soft, yeah. nice. It's like it's like when you go for a jog. Like how far did you run? I ran a good three miles. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. just an ordinary <laughs> three. You know? It would be a good a good air mattress. A nice sweaty a nice sweaty three miles. Well, you know, we'll get this person, this third roommate, we'll get, we'll get them a couple feet off the ground. It won't be like, you know, six inches from the ground, like the bugs are licking your toes. But, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not fucking going in on a bed with this person. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. For two no. months? No. For two no, months, no. no, no. no. In, in, the words of, in the words of Toronto Raptors color analyst Jack Armstrong, get that shit out of here. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so Joe, how come, wait, so how did your roommate get the short end of the stick? Like, how did you guys decide? worst looking one in the group that's what it came oh, down to yeah, oh, really wow genetics really hurt him yeah you know some of us hit the genetic lottery and you know others uh you know get stuck with like the 13th pick Dang. that's all right we got <laughs> like nothing let's face it nothing's more depressing than being in the lottery and having like the 13th or 14th the 13th pick. Pick. that's like, that's like, that's like i really pick. hope somebody drops yeah, right? <laughs> Cam he got Thomas the he got the LSU. like where are you going <laughs> the Romeo Langford of beds right by the way uh, speaking of Cam Thomas is that a guy that I think like we're all kind of hoping falls to the late teens so we can scoop him I mean I haven't I haven't I've, I mean yeah I guess he's a big guy right he's the big guy no no, no he's the two guard at LSU that was like led the country in scoring this year yeah uh he's not gonna fall where do you think he oh, goes because I'm I'm like looking at him I'm like the Knicks can like when I was my ideal scenario was like Mavericks tank first round Knicks can get like the 19th pick like maybe mm. he slips but I, I'm thinking he's a lotto guy is he your better RJ Barrett like if you were to get him do you guys have a place for him Ooh, different 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 RJ so like Cam is a true two to me RJ is kind of a three he's he's more solid he is he's bigger he's like six nine right yeah he's like <laughs> nice uh <laughs> um but RJ can like he can slash like I don't know maybe I'm just old school but when I think of a three I think of a slasher someone who can shoot but who can also dribble drive and mm. RJ has that versatility mm. and he's also got a sick vert like he gets up there yeah I like him as a three okay I, I feel that I do it's just tough to watch uh, you know talking about your Knicks real quick again just it's like Julius Randle looks so tired but the only two other guys that I've seen come to play is Reggie Bullock and Derrick Rose um, and, Al- and Alec Burks that one game. I was gonna say like, Alec Re- Reggie Bullock actually that one game Alec Burks came to play. Reggie Bullock did not. Yes, but the other three, I was impressed with Reggie Bullock. I just I feel like he was hitting the threes at the right moment. Like was he shooting perfectly? No. Was yeah. he making all the right plays? But those threes that he would hit, I was like, all right, that's keeping the Knicks in the game. Yeah. Y'all, like swap, a- y- y'all swap guards like you swap clothes. Like I, I they, they swap <laughs> guards like I swap girlfriends. Like it's bad. <laughs> it is bad. No. You know what I will say about Reggie Bullock, like part part of what endears him so much to my heart is I've found the one guy who has less arc on his jumper than I do. <laughs> do you that have a flat shoots, jumper? I it's like a pancake. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> on a rope. Yeah, no, I, I just, I don't shoot jumpers. I am, you know, just catch me in the post. I'm like, oh, you, in the post. you know, okay. I'm, I'm just jamming and slamming. Like, that that's my game, you know? Just oh, we might, have to, we might have to get a, a Max Joe one-on-one. That. How about a dunk contest? <laughs> Max? <laughs> I mean, Max, how tall are you? I'm 6'4". Six, 6'5". Six, so. Oh, asshole. We're in the same. All right. So, all right. so, so yeah, Max, yeah. Max and I Listen. are proof that really tall white guys can jump. You can't jump. Joe, listen, if it makes you feel any better, the height thing has never worked for me. Like, I, I don't know what it is. It might be my nose. Like, I might, it might, like, <laughs> height to large nose ratio, I think is like too close to the line. So, like, I will talk to somebody, right? And then, like, things will be going fine because they're like, oh, he's 6'5. And then I'll, they catch a, like, look at my side profile and they're like, oh, no. And then you lean <laughs> in for the kiss and you stab him. Uh, no. And I stab him first. Before I get close. <laughs> Have you ever given a girl a black eye doing that? Like, leaning in for the kiss and bam, right in the face. You just right. You literally just like poked her eye out. Yep, all the time. Started started social distancing from. So, Joe, at least at least at the very least, you have the combination of the height and the game, and the regular size nose. You know, I got the. Look, I'm I'm Italian, so I don't know how I ended up with a regular size nose because you know you see some you know some of us guineas out there. We got some schnozzes. Yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah, I I feel your pain. Yeah, but uh, hey. Look, I mean, I know we've been talking basketball the whole time, and mm. I only got a couple minutes before uh, the next guest on the line joins the show. Mm. Um, that's, of course, mm. there's no one else. Uh, <laughs> Julio. Julio Jones. Where's he mm. going? Not the Cowboys. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not the Cowboys. Was, was that staged with Julio and Shannon Sharp? No, we were, t- we were talking about this. It's good. It, might get, it. it might get Fox Sports in a lot of trouble because they – had no idea that he was going to call him, I guess, or that's the report. That's what I think Pat McAfee said it. And I think it, SI also made an article about it, but it might, yeah, it might get them in a lot of trouble because they had no idea it was going to happen. Now, you know, Fox sports just like signed like a $2 billion deal for the next 11 years or something. Uh, <laughs> Shannon is going to get in a little bit of trouble. The Falcons are so confused on what's happening. That like, show is such a liability. Yeah. It, yeah. That was honestly, I was like, dang, I, I never watched that show, but I was like, dang, I wish I'd have watched that. Yeah, I, I mean, watched I, that thing. everyone wishes they watched that. <laughs> My thing is, like, if he goes to Seattle, the Seahawks still have question marks O-line. They still have question marks on defense. Yeah. If you add him to an already potent receiving core, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Yeah. Like, well, but I don't understand it. They, Pete Carroll's not going to throw the ball, though. I mean, he's got no choice at that point. If you have Julio, DK, and, like, Lockett. Oh, you give Pete Carroll the choice. So, he's going to take it. <laughs> what, is he going to make Lockett a running back? I, I mean, like. He's gonna, like, honestly, him, he's gonna give Carson like you know 30 carries a day if he wants. Oh my god, Carson can't stay healthy. How, how I know give him 30 carries. So, my I thing know. is like when, when the Stafford trade was made, I was like, you know what, the Rams are winning the division. Like, I love the Seahawks, they are far and away my favorite team in that division. Like, I love Russ, I love Carroll. Um, yeah, right, we all love Lofa Tatupu. Shout out, yes, all pro shout out, Lofa. shout out, um, Lofa. But I'm just like, that's that's the Rams division now that they finally have a quarterback. They were dealing right. with a, a bottom tier quarterback, like a bottom eight quarterback in the league in golf. So yeah, I'm or like, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, all right, the Rams are winning the division now. But Julio to Seattle, he doesn't help their needs, defense, O-line. Uh, but he's still an all-timer. As Max agreed, agreed. Over. Was that your dad walking by? I just was just walking right by. <laughs> so, I respect the Silver Fox. <laughs> <laughs> yes sir <laughs> yeah um i think i will if i'm still holding out again as a pats fan i'm still holding out hope that julio maybe comes 
to the you know new england patriots but again wouldn't shock me fuck you if that happens but it wouldn't shock me listen joe it'd be so nice we haven't won in a little bit. It's see been a couple years. See this jersey like over my shoulder? <laughs> like two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eli Manning, Super Bowl 46. So what I, hey, listen. Uh, well, wait, what, how, wait, how many? Oh, that's crazy. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, six ring. Anyway, um, <laughs> my, my problem still, my problem still remains with Cam Newton and his inability to effectively throw the ball and then people have countered that and i've been talking to so many people that mac jones is still like the hottest topic in new england right now like people are like oh he's gonna be so good he's gonna be so good like he is the next tom brady he's a sleeper and he's just like he's not yeah he could be okay he's gonna be situational he's not gonna be utilized this year i mean i i think if he i don't think he should start i think he needs to like get his arm strength up i need to i think he needs to like learn the playbook and like just become an nfl player he's just not at that level yet look i couldn't agree more boys this was a blast i can't wait to do it again we're gonna do it again i'm gonna have you back on the amateur hour boys check out amateur hour spotify apple pods shreya streetkanth max winalski fellas we'll do it again yes sir thank you joe Don't change that channel. It's time for Joe's final word here on Serralo Sports Talk. It is time for my final word right here on Serralo Sports Talk. Incredible spot right there. For my guys, Max and Treyas, again, one last time, check out that Amateur Hour podcast, Apple Pod, Spotify, wherever you get it. These guys, you know, they've never played professional sports, but they sure know a hell of a lot about them. Look, for my final word, I've spent time on the NBA, both in my monologue with Max and Trey. We talked a little Julio. By the way, I think Seattle, oh my goodness. Get Russ Wilson, Julio, DK, Tyler Lockett all together. That's a party out in the West Coast. But I got to bring a little baseball to the table. I'm the baseball guy. So for my final word, can we talk about Jacob deGrom again? (laughs) Are we allowed to talk about Jacob deGrom again? I said it at the very beginning of the show. We're out of superlatives. I mean, de-goat, de-grominance, demand a myth, de-MVP is what I'm calling him from now on. Because this guy, forget the ERA, which, oh, by the way, he now has the lowest ERA heading into June in Major League Baseball in over 50 years. It's 0.71 but he's batting 450 at the plate. The guy's got more RBI than some of the Mets starters right now that seem like double-A call-ups. I I mean, this guy, he has endured three years of minimal run support, of going 10-9 and with an ERA of two and winning the Cy Young. I'm sorry, with an ERA under two. He's endured all that crap for three years, and he is taking matters into his own hands. He is uh, near the Mets team leaders in RBI, He is atop the team in batting average. I mean, considering his limited at-bats, the man is a freak, plain and simple. He is absolutely incredible. Every fifth day when he takes the bump, it is appointment television. This is what my father told me about Tom Seaver and Doc Gooden. This is what your grandfather might have told you about Sandy Koufax. This is a man who every fifth day 
you need to find three hours out of your busy schedule to sit down and watch him work his magic. Because in a year where we've already seen a historic rate of no-hitters, I mean, we are going to surpass the single-season no-hitter record. I believe the next one ties it, and we're only two months in. There's no doubt that 2021 is the year of the pitcher. And in that year, the year of the pitcher, Jacob deGrom is still doing things that seem unimaginable. He averages the fewest pitches per inning in Major League Baseball at about 13 and a half pitches per inning, yet he averages more strikeouts per nine innings than anyone else. I mean, how does that make sense? If you're striking guys out, you should be throwing more pitches, but he's efficient as hell. He opened up last night's game, his second start back from the injured list with 10 straight pitches at 100 miles per hour or more. It doesn't even phase us anymore watching him that he hits 102 on the radar gun routinely. I mean, a pitcher throwing 102 miles per hour, this is something that when I was younger, I feel like 10 years ago, when I, when I was a teenager, 102 would blow my mind. I remember when Aroldis Chapman came into the league, and look, he hit 106, but if Jacob deGrom was only pitching one inning and not looking to pitch nine every time he went out there, maybe he'd hit 106 too. I mean, Chapman came into the league and was routinely 101, 102, 103, and it was mind-boggling. It was absolutely insane. Then you got Otani, and it was like, oh, this guy can average 100. And Otani, give him credit, you should have two pitchers win the MVP this year. Shohei Otani, who of course is a unicorn, pitching every fifth day, gets pulled in the seventh inning, goes plays right field for the last two. I mean, that's incredible. He's he's treating the big leagues like it's Little League. Uh, right now, he should be the MVP in the American League, and none other than Jacob deGrom should be the MVP in the National League. Uh, this is a guy who missed about 10 days because he was on the injured list. He's still going to have 33, 34 starts. With the with the amount of rainouts that the Mets had and off days beginning of the season, DeGrom never misses a start. This guy, I mean, to go on the injured list and still have 33, 34 starts in a season in 2021, where you're lucky if a starting pitcher, frankly, has 25 starts. It's remarkable. This guy is built different. You know, he doesn't lift a weight. In the offseason, when he goes and visits his parents down in Florida, he's at the old person gym in those 55-plus communities working with elastic bands and doing yoga and stretching. I, I mean, he is so different. You know, the only comparison you can make to him is Tom Brady. And no, he's never going to have the rings Tom Brady has. Let's be real here. But when Tom Brady takes the field, he doesn't want to beat you. He wants to crush your soul. He wants to crush your dreams. He wants to break you, not beat you. When Jacob deGrom is on that pitcher's mound, he wants to break you. He wants to make you see three pitches that you feel so defeated, you don't want to step in the batter's box your next at-bat. And it doesn't matter if you're the number eight hitter or if you're the cleanup hitting MVP. Jacob deGrom doesn't care. He doesn't discriminate. That's for damn sure. He wants to rip your heart out regardless. You could be Freddie Freeman, a very worthy opponent, an MVP, a guy who has haunted the Mets. Or you could be the backup catcher hitting eighth with the pitcher behind you. Jake's going to treat you the same way. He's going to attack you. I mean, he plays baseball with a football player's competitiveness and mentality. And watching him pitch, to me, right now, that's the most beautiful thing in sports. Almost as beautiful. And yes, I have to throw this in there. As watching his crosstown rival Yankees 
this past weekend. I mean, the Yankees, the New York Yankees, the Bronx Bombers, Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, Garrett Cole, the $300 million man, they just got swept by the Detroit Tigers. I'm sorry. I'm so- I want to be serious right now. I really, really, really do. I can't. The Detroit Tigers, the third worst team in the American League, they were the second worst team in the American League going into that series, went to the Bronx, and they, they didn't just sweep the Yankees, they didn't squeak by the Yankees, they embarrassed the Yankees. Michael Fulmer, who was the Rookie of the Year, the guy the Mets sent to Detroit for Cespedes back in the summer of 2015, I, I mean, he was ousted from the worst rotation in baseball. The Tigers, who had no starting pitching, Fulmer was so bad, they had to kick him out of the rotation. He's their closer now, and he's out there blanking the Yanks in the ninth inning. Uh, I mean, the Yanks have now lost four in a row. Well, that's as of Memorial Day. I don't know what happens last night. Obviously, it's Wednesday by the time you hear this, but (laughs) my goodness, the New York Yankees, they're not so scary after all. No, 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 no. Baseball in New York right now is run by the Mets. I'm not going to be delusional. I'm not going to sit here and say that historically the Yankees don't have 27 rings and the Mets don't have two. Mind you, over half of the Yankees' 27 rings came when there were about eight teams in the league, but that's an argument for another day. I'm not going to be delusional about history. But right here, right now, Jacob deGrom, Marcus Stroman, Tawan Walker, uh, three guys with ERAs under two and a half. And, oh, by the way, the Mets still don't have Noah Syndergaard. They still don't have Carlos Carrasco. Uh, this is a Mets town right now. And this summer in New York City, with the Mets chasing a pennant, with the Mets chasing a World Series, they've got the biggest divisional lead in baseball. They're three and a half games up on the Braves. It's a Mets town. Baseball in New York. It's going to be one hell of a summer. And just like that, this episode of Serralo Sports Talk, episode 36, is up. It's over. It's out of here. Special thanks to my guys, Max and Trey. Check out Amateur Hour, Apple Pod, Spotify, wherever you get them, guys. I can't promise I'm back next week. I do start a full-time gig in about six days, but I'll be back soon. That night we ride the mansions of glory and suicide machines Sprung from cages on high
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.